Let's celebrate this month. Let's celebrate this week. Welcome to the Big Weekly Blend Podcast, the companion to our Big Weekly Blend magazine. Hey everybody, super excited. Today we get to celebrate the holiday season. We're going to celebrate the end of December. So we're talking about Christmas, Christmas Eve. We're talking about Kwanzaa and all the way through to New Year's, New Year's Eve. Ooh. So we get to kind of look at this year, 2023 and say goodbye to it. And soon it'll be 2024. Go believe it or not. I just feel way younger. What about you, Nancy? How young do you feel? I feel pretty young. I feel like I'm four years old. Well, I'm not going to say anything. No, it's is that like is that like years dog old. years or no? That's that's because when Christmas comes, it's good to be a young kid. Absolutely, well, from well, one to listen, ninety-two. When they mm. when it's winter and and uh, we're recording this right now from Lubbock, Texas, we've got some mm. awesome guests joining us. But when it airs, we'll be in Eugene, Oregon, and by the time we get there, we may be younger because we might be preserved in ice. <laughs> 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 They can melt us later and, and do a human experiment to see how much wine is really in our bodies. I have, I've got a hair dryer and a chisel, and I'm ready to help you out. Okay. Good, Joey. Good. And Joey's blind, oh. so we're really going to be a good, good I mean, you may, you, may, you, may, you may miss a limb or two. Maybe a finger gets cut off, but it'll be fine. <laughs> Just don't get our Please. middle finger. Don't get our middle well, finger. I, I, I know you need that. I know that you need that particularly, Lisa. I when know you're that. driving. Nancy does. Nancy yeah. does. Because yeah. as I drive, Nancy's finger does the steering of the... Does the talking. I, I, direct, I just direct traffic. Yeah, he does. And then after a reminder, we're in the States, we could get shot. Uh, sorry. Yeah, that's real, true. But it's, yeah. Yeah. don't be do careful. that. You do be yeah, careful. You... But everyone, um, welcome to the Big Weekly Blend Show. You've got Joey Stuckey who is a regular co-host here every fourth Sunday. He joins us for shenanigans. Uh, go to his website, joeystuckey.com. Yes, related to the Stucky goodness of sweetness. And he's yes. sweet, too. And he's an amazing musician. And, Joey, you just came back, uh, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but came back from England, came back from Milan. So welcome home. Thank you, my friend. Glad to, glad to be back. Always fun to hey, go, but it's always fun to come home, too. Hey, yeah. we're glad you're home and safe. And um, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed following your adventures on social media going. You had Stucky Pudding and um, you also got to hang out uh, with John Cleese. I, well, not necessarily John Cleese, but you played Faulty Towers. And oh, yes. um, Nancy and I are. Oh, I love Faulty Towers. Aren't we just more than jealous, Nancy, that he it's, got yeah. it's, the, it's the classic. Uh, it, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, we we had what what's so That's interesting funny. if. Um, if you if you are in the UK anytime soon, my understanding this is a long running um, event. But there's a, a hotel called the President Hotel, uh, and it's um, you know it's 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 near University College in London. It's it's kind of in that area, and uh, they have a dinner theater where you get served a three course meal. And I, I'm going to tell you the food's good, but it's not amazing. But it's good. It's not. But you know it's you know. Um, and, and, and what they do is there's a, there's a cast that plays Faulty Towers. And so they bring back some of the favorite little moments from Faulty Towers, like, um, you know, when, uh, 
when they have the fire drill, that was one thing. Mm. Um, you know, just some of the little different sketches. Not they don't do a full episode, but they do a few little scenes from it, and then they interact with the audience. So they literally harass you, you know, while you're eating, and they're it's it's absolutely a joy. Um, and and um, they, uh, I, I had a wonderful experience where I got harassed quite brilliantly by the guy that was playing uh, Basil Faulty. And, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. And so, oh. and oh, they did Basil the Rat too. They did some scenes from Basil did the Rat. They if you really? remember that yeah. So, so, uh, and, and, and they, they weave it into, you know, an interactive, you know, play. So it's about, cool. I'd say it's about 50% scripted and about 50% improvised. And, oh, wow. um, there was a guy from Germany there and they gave him hell. They, they really, I mean, he did, they did, the, they did the funny walk and he did the terrible accent and it was hilarious. Oh, so, no. oh my gosh. Remember the German tourist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so that's, that they did that. And so, but anyway, so I, Jennifer, you know, I'm blind as, uh, and so my wife, Jennifer was saying, Hey, your spoons at 12 o'clock. And, uh, Basil, the guy that was playing Basil faulty walked, but was walking, just had me walking by and he stops and comes back. He goes, oh, is, is Sir having trouble with his spoon? Maybe you'd prefer a straw. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was, for the, it was for the soup. It was for the squash soup that we had. And I said, yeah, I, actually, I would love a straw if it wouldn't put you out. And he, he was like very, very uh, hostile. He goes, oh, no, it's just part of the service. You know, we're just glad to do anything Sir wants, you know, very sarcastically. So he brings me a straw back and literally inserts it in my mouth as I'm sitting there. And I'm like, and I'm like, Hey, I'll play along. So I started drinking my soup with the straw, man. I'm not gonna let him win. So, so we had a blast. It was was just, it was all kinds of fun. Well, Hey, who knew that we were going to talk about Joey Stucky sucking soup with a straw, say that fast 10 times. (laughs) I know, but I've got to bring Glenn Burroughs on the show. Glenn is a family history expert, the tour guide and owner of Norfolk tours in England. Mm. He's on our show every fourth Saturday. He's been on our show for years and we're all younger. You know, as we were talking, mm-hmm. we're all much younger, but I encourage you to go to his website, Norfolk-tours.co.uk. All the links for all our guests and everything we talk about will be in the show notes, including our holiday music playlist, our Christmas and winter music playlist that we have going all month long. But welcome back, Glenn. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. And actually, what Joey is just talking about, one of my very, very good friends, he actually does that um, Basil Faulty dining experience as well. So it, there are there are various um, companies that do that throughout the country. So um, wow! So you can you can experience that in other parts of the country as well as in London. Nice. And my, I, my mate, my mate actually pays Basil because he's six foot five. So he does, <laughs> You know, he he does the silly walk and everything. So he's that um, is awesome. He's very That's good. Cool. That is, very I would cool. go to England. I know we used to Just live in England. That. We love England and visited England. But I'm saying I would go to England just for that mm-hmm. experience. When I saw Joey post this, yeah, I, Nancy, I I went running to Nancy. I I think we were even in the middle of a podcast. I'm like, dude, no way! Like he's <laughs> doing the battle faulty experience. I think the picture, I may be wrong about this, but I think the picture Jen posted was of Manuel on top of a table, like Manuel. while people were eating dinner. Yeah. Manuel. So I think that's Hello? what she posted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Amazing. He's from Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. Barcelona. <laughs> oh, Barcelona. Yeah. I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed yeah. to say that. But Well, there you uh, go. Also... You, you really have to come over then because I can actually arrange for my mate Greg 
to um to give you a a free um showing of of basil because I mean I, I, should... I, I want to go. I hey, is that, is that extended study. all of us, Glenn? Is that yeah. extended? Okay, yeah, all right. I'll go. Yeah, Indeed. See, I, that, that, also... I'm going to bring our next guest on, Dr. Diane Dobry. Uh, she is a food, wine, travel writer, a memoirist, a podcaster. Uh, she definitely has a strong affinity for the country of Hungary. Uh, her websites are gettinghungary.com, hungry, hungry, and also Hungarian Aquarian, because she does go there with the... Um, world of astrology so welcome back diane you were just in england too yeah in june i i went to england spain and hungary um so i loved england i had never had a chance to see much beyond heathrow prior to that so england uh england definitely is going to be on my next uh tour whenever i get there again wow good so do you are you familiar with faulty towers the the you know, I'm, I've, I watched it back in the day. I just, uh, you know, my brain is like, uh, I'm lucky I can remember past, uh, before YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. Okay. We understand. Listen, you know, but I will, I'll tell you, Nancy and I, you know, as we travel the country, there are times, you know, we'll stop at a rest area to rest and we can't really rest because you're still hyped up because you're traveling and driving. And then we watch people in the rest area, which is a That's hobby funny. of ours. And, and we're threatening to <laughs> oh do rest God. area radio. No, you, we, we could write a book at this point about what people do in rest areas. I think um, that would be a bestseller. I really do. And, I really seriously, think if we watched a woman fun. give her husband a manicure on a yeah. okay. bench in a rest area. Is that a code word or is that really what you saw? Not really, we've seen drug deals. We've seen cars blow up. We've seen nice. just turned up a little bit of everything. Toenail, yeah. yeah. The wife, the wife was brutal. She just yanked. She was. Toe. It was gross. She yanked, <laughs> and and he was smoking a cigarette, lying down with one of those things you put around your neck when you fly. You know, and it was, <laughs> it was and it was the only park bench in this rest area, and wow. they took it while she just started hacking at his big toenail. It was and it, listen, she needed to hack at it. She needed a saw. But we have seen <laughs> a, a little bit we've seen people get locked in their cars. We've tried to yep. rescue dogs. We've we, I changed mean, their clothes. It, we've hung out with cats in Alabama. <laughs> Every rest area in Alabama has cats. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole world Thanks. if you stop and watch what's going on. Um there's um, family bathrooms that are really for everybody and you can see people come in one way go out the other sometimes male come out female female come out male mm-hmm. um, it's it's a whole other world and we absolutely love it it's a hobby so you know we call it a park because it's a little wild but um it's also a meeting place for people in mm-hmm. in a positive way we've seen people in arkansas bring a smoke or barbecue on the back of their truck and their family yeah. meets in a, under a rest area picnic thing from all over and have a barbecue. So we've seen a little bit of everything. Yeah. And some of the rest areas <laughs> are cool. Texas has uh, oil derrick style rest areas. Um, some in Iowa, I think it is, have um, Dutch windmills. Go in the mm. southwest, you can have southwest style kind of um one's got Adobe. a giant road runner, the bird. Oh that that's the, that's a, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So 
there's yeah. some very unique ones that are going away. So we actually are losing our rest areas like we are losing neon signs and some of that old school retro travel culture of what was Route 66 kind of vibe. And that's going away. And so um, it's hopefully it's on the way to making a comeback. But those kind of iconic places are cool. And when people travel, you know, rest areas, you know, it's more than a bathroom. Um, they yeah. have. Are you taking pictures of these unique? Yes. Things? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get. I used to take them for our friend Jim Ostick, who sadly passed away. It was his birthday two days ago. Happy birthday, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had a gazebo blog, believe it or not, of blogging about gazebos around the world and across the country because it shows um, care about people being outside in a park, having shade. It shows unity in a community. Uh, for musicians, Joey, you know that bandstands uh, historically are, are also places where political stuff went down, and sure. a lot of times are outside courthouses. And um, but anyway, That's so we started a, a blog doing <laughs> that, and we would message him. He knew where we were on this tour more than anyone, except for our friend Steve Schneider, our Hollywood historian. By the way, his Hollywood uh, history Christmas is ending, closing our show today. Um, but Steve is amazing and he knows where mm-hmm. we're going because you have to have people know where you're going because you never know. Um, mm-hmm. but Jim really knew like timely, like here, but now I realize we have to really go back and, and start doing better, uh, content, like better, like really be, we have to write focusing it. on, on these places. There's places in Minnesota and Iowa and the Midwest, um, that are doing a good job of, uh, and Indiana, uh, Missouri is doing it too, where in these rest areas, they have, um, monarch gardens, uh, mon- for monarch mm. butterflies and pollinator gardens. And they're educating people about that. And it's actually part of what's the monarch highway through the center of the country. That's so really there's all kinds of good stuff. That's really interesting you mentioned that because I I was just at the funeral for Rosalind Carter, and I wanted um, to bring she, that up. Yeah, yeah, she was she was a real monarch um, enthusiast mm-hmm. and, and did a lot in Georgia to help with that, and oh. I was not even aware of that. But they mentioned it at the mm-hmm. at the service, and um, so that's really that's fascinating. And I, like I said, I didn't even heard about the the movement, um, but wow. it's it's fascinating. I'm I'm so excited to hear that people are taking time to make sure that we preserve these amazing creatures. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's important. There are awesome. pollinators um, connected with bees. The importance of monarch butterflies and bees are important for our agriculture, for our well-being, and just, you know, for the habitats in general. But, Joey, going back to that, being uh, – I wanted to bring that up as, as a topic of conversation today because not everyone gets to uh, witness, um, you know, the celebration of life for Rosalind Carter, obviously Jimmy Carter's wife, and those yeah. two are – Apparent that so many people are going, okay, it's only, you know, I'd say this in a way of their unity that he's probably going to float up there with him, with her soon because there was yeah, that's connection. That's a, that's sort of the general feeling. You know, he's been in hospice care for a good little mm-hmm. while now. And, um, but yeah, it's an amazing, uh, you know, everybody, uh, that eulogized at Rosalind's, um, you know, service really did mention their 77 year marriage and, uh, wow. You know, that's amazing. Uh, former president Carter is uh, 99. And, mm-hmm. um, so he, you know, he's, he's, he's doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, he was there. Um, 
And it was, uh, it, you know, it was incredible because one of the things that really was pleasant to experience, uh, it was very difficult to be, I mean, it was quite, quite an elite, uh, group of people that, you know, were invited to participate. It was very selective. And, um, you know, my father, the reason that I got to go is because my father was a big part of the Carter administration, um, during both of the presidential campaigns. And, um, and so that's, that's why I was in, invited to go with dad. Uh, but, um, you know, it was it, the thing that was so exciting for me because without diving down the political rabbit hole, one thing we can all agree on very briefly is that there's a lot of division in, in our country and really mm-hmm. throughout the world, there's a lot of division. Um, and so, uh, what was really exciting was that every living first lady was present. Mm-hmm. And, oh, wow. uh, I thought that was a very powerful moment. Um, mm. that they were all there. Uh, also, uh, of course, President Carter was there, but he was not, he was not very right. well. Uh, he had actually come up the night before and spent the night, um, so he could be present. And then, uh, uh, President Clinton was there, uh, wow. and President, President Biden were there. And, mm. um, so it was a really, it was, it was, you know, um, a really powerful tribute to her. And she was really, a remarkable my mom um back in the back in the day of, of being on the road during the campaign you know when i was before i was born and and then shortly after um the uh you know they they had gone uh, you know shopping together and and uh, done a lot of things together while they were on the road campaigning and um so it was it was you know it was really cool to 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 be there for that moment because i think what i like best uh, about the legacy of, of President Carter and our First Lady Rosalind Carter is that I feel like they one can uh, analyze the presidency and, and decide whether it was good, bad, or, or whatever. But the thing that I like best, I feel personally that they are the people that have done the most for our country and for the world outside of office. Mm-hmm. And um, like the stuff the Carter Center has done is just remarkable, uh, you know, fighting, fighting hunger, uh, uh, fighting disease, uh, trying to make sure humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Habitat. And, and, and also, and, 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 you know, president Carter was not, and, and Rosalind too, they, they weren't there as figureheads. They picked up hammers and got to work, mm-hmm. uh, with habitat. And, and then of course, you know, they, they've been fighting, uh, um, uh, also to try and make sure that we have, you know, fair elections and democracy across the world. So it was anyway, it was, it was. A, oh, dang. And a, you're in Georgia. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it was, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a sad occasion, but it was also a really glorious one because so many people told such remarkable stories. Um, and, and it was definitely a life well lived. So I'll leave it there, but it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. It was good to be there. Cool. I think it's a privilege to be there too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, amazing people, and um, like you're saying, just they've done so much. And and post, you know, yeah, I don't want to get into any political stuff because it's it's the no. holiday season, and and there's enough. Absolutely. There is a lot of sadness that comes with the holiday season too. It, it sure can be. Yeah, you're, you're missing. You know, you're missing family that that you don't have anymore. My I know my my wife's uh, my father-in-law passed away uh, December first. Um, you know, about 10, 10 years ago, my grandmother passed away, uh, December 10th. Um, so it can be, it can be a sad time. And, but, uh, but I, you know, I always like to, uh, I don't, I don't believe in ignoring, um, things that are sad or that are 
you know, tragic or whatever, but I also believe in focusing on uh, the good stuff. So that's, that's I, I'm music, always, music I'm always happy this time of year. Music, friends, and loved ones that you do have around, even if it's a phone call away. And fattening um, foods. Don't there. forget that. Don't, oh. And chocolate. <laughs> don't forget that. Okay. Okay. So Glenn, let's go to England on the food thing. The food. What's this? Well, yes. I mean, there's, we, um, we always have, such a, a good selection of, of sweets and savoury food for Christmas. I mean, uh, sausage rolls are a big thing in oh. England at Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, mince pies, them sorts of things, mm-hmm. Christmas puddings, Christmas cake. Um, and that's without the, you know, the turkey and bread sauce and sausages again. We, we do love our sausages in England. And I have to tell you, for that. I, I have to tell you, Glenn, I was, I was so, I, I was, I love the British sausage. And, uh, I, I was so excited because my wife and I, we, we were there for two weeks and we rented a flat. Um, and, um, uh, and, and we cooked breakfast, you know, every morning. I say we, she did it. I, I'm not allowed in the kitchen anymore, really. Um, and, um, the British sausage is so, so amazing. I was sausage so, it was, day. It, it was delicious. <laughs> sausage day. Especially, Lynn, is, it, is it made from lamb? What kind of meat? No, no, no. It's, it's mostly, mostly pork, pork. sausage. Yeah. But you, you really do need to get it from a local butcher rather than a supermarket or anything because, you know, a, a local butcher sausage is so much better than a supermarket mm. stuff. It's pork here. Well, it's, it is, but it's also much, much better. You know, it's, it's better, hundred percent better. Sure. And it's also, just the way I, I think it's just the way it's seasoned or something. I don't know what the difference uh-huh. is, but the well, flavor maybe, is incredible. Yeah, there's a there's a lot more to it than just the seasoning. But the thing that um is really important to let people know is that if they come to England and they go to you know what I call spit and cardboard hotels, you know the the big chain hotels, please right. do not do not judge the british sausage by the hotel sausage because it's <laughs> absolutely nothing like a sausage oh right. my god nancy we're doing a sausage show again I know. We're yeah. Sausage sausage day. Day. yeah we have to have sausage day and if you're going to have sausages you have to go to a local butcher and you have to go and stay in a proper Wait. locally owned hotel please not a all right so i gotta go to diane because i know you're in england <laughs> But um, and I want to go to English pudding because pudding is a little different in in different ways in England. But uh, Diane in Hungary, like, what are we talking about when it comes to sausage? Because there's definitely Hungarian sausage, right? Oh, oh yeah. um, I when I when I, I first that. when when I first went to Hungary, well, actually, this is the 20 year anniversary. I went I went there the first time for New Year's Eve, and I I oh, said. Wow. I, friends should I come back but you know I I just it's not a good opportunity for me this time but um there's a lot more going on there but the stores they just have an aisle with just sausage you know they they live on on you know the kind of the colbas you know kind of stuff but sausage and then they have peppers a whole aisle of different types of peppers you know not just a little bin in the supermarket. Are, are these like sweet peppers or hot peppers? All kinds, all kinds. You have the Hungarian, the ones that are called Hungarian and they're yellow and they're pale yellow. Um, mm-hmm. those, there's mild and, and hot peppers. 
if you um they do have a lot of chili wait a minute are we having sweet sausage and hot peppers or hot sausage and sweet peppers well actually what they tend to have is um like pig pork shoulder pig shoulder for that's the new year's thing and they have lentils for to represent coins that's that's for new year's eve i know um christmas you know i always left i was never there on christmas but i know that they have a lot of cakes and and pastries and um probably a a bone soup they have stuff where there's all that gelatinous stuff with all the bones and you you eat off the the meat off the bones but i'm not sure if that's for christmas Hmm. but that but that goes back to glenn because as I recall, like some of the pudding is not necessarily sweet in England. Yeah. Like you could have two types of pudding, right? And then even when you're talking about cake, it doesn't necessarily mean chocolate cake. Am I right? Or am I going European, European? I think probably more European, although when mince mincemeat was first uh, introduced, you know, when mince pies, um, that used to be savory. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what happened was that they actually had minced meat and then they had to put so much um, fruit and preserves and different spices in it that actually what took over was the fruit and the spices. So now minced meat is all fruit and spices. So there's there's no actual meat in a in minced meat really? in, in in a mince pie. I'm so glad you said that because I was highly confused uh, because when we went, we went to see a Christmas carol at the old Vic and yeah. um, uh, while we were in town and they were giving out free mince pies. And I think yeah. they said mince meat pies. Like, wait, is this a, that, that can't be sanitary, uh, so, but yeah. they were fruit and they were delicious. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, that mince, mince meat in England is sweet. Gotcha. But, but minced meat is meat. Yeah, so it's I got gotcha. a D. There's a mince and mince. Nancy, we remember that, right? We, and because, because yeah. even when you come here, it's ground beef. And I was like, what are you doing? You're mushing the minced beef into ground. Like, I, what do you, when we got here, I thought that ground beef was going to be like a pate and it wasn't because no. even in South right. Africa, it was minced meat, right? Nancy, like all of the ground meat is just meat that's put in a grinder. Yeah. Well, my dad was, in yeah, my dad was. We put it through a mincer. Yeah, yeah we, we so my dad was a butcher, a and that's what yeah. he did. It was just this big grinder thing. He that's right. Stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. and I then eat becomes, everything and get on with it. Apparently, you know. <laughs> but you can you can use a grinder for lots of stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. sausage. So. Yeah, um, sausage. Back it, to sausage. It all comes back to sausage. It everything. does. Everything is sausage day. It's always sausage day in Big Blend world, but. But this is fascinating about going from like English food, Hungarian food, because at some point they have to have some kind of connection being so close together and, and people moving around. I so would think. I, I, I have a question uh, for everybody. Like what, what is your traditional Christmas food that you have to have every year? I mean, what? Yeah. Start so, with Diane so, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the cook for Christmas. I, um, for a, a while I was making, um, uh, what is that prime rib, but it got to the point where it was like $400 for the, the roast. So I, oh, now wow. I get like the filet mignon, the Chateaubriand roast, and I get extra filet mignon steaks. And I always wow. make like the spinach and spinach and onions, which was my German mother-in-law's um, 
specialty and everybody likes that. And I, um, I like to have mashed potatoes and I make some kind of, um, uh, rolls. That's, I'm basically kind of all about the meat and I make like a wine, mm. wine sauce gravy kind of thing. Nice. Oh, for your wine sauce gravy, we just had, um, a pre Thanksgiving <laughs> with our friend Rondi in Tucson, just south of Tucson. And she used to live in South Africa too. It was cool. But anyway, we had our friend, uh, Peggy from Peggy Fiendaka, Joey and Glenn. You've been on the show with, uh, with Peggy from LDV winery. And yeah. so she gave us some wines and then we, we were naughty. We were like, Oh, this is so good. Let's have another. But anyway, she <laughs> did a slow, <laughs> slow braised, um, short ribs, slow, nice. in a slow cooker with wine. Cause which we were going to do this whole other thing. Then she's like, well, it's you two coming. We're just going to soak it. And anyway, so <laughs> anyhow, uh, anyway, so she made this slow cooked short ribs and I have no mm-hmm. clue. Nancy, you and I, I don't think you and I have ever cooked ribs. Have we? I don't think maybe you haven't. Some yeah, history before but me, not but like that. No, not and so like she that. did this slow cook. When we have these dry Pretty mushrooms, mm. and y'all know I'm into mushrooms like big mm. time. Anything to do with mushrooms <laughs> and fungus, I'm about it. No, I'm not. I'm not hallucinating or doing any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we're talking about like edible. <laughs> no, that even that I can't say you, now. Can you hear the skepticism? <laughs> yeah, they, listen, I'm talking about food mm. mushrooms, not food for your to whack out in you, your brain. You, you do know that every time you eat a mushroom, another Smurf goes homeless, right? I do know that, and it's really sad, but then they have to remember they're living under a fruit. So um, <laughs> it's not a fruit. It's going to go. It's going to go. Why is, I, why is it a fruit? Because it is. Fruit. It's a fruit. So, like, it is the but, fruit no. of the network of the roots. Mushrooms are the fruit of the root. So they they like are the technically fruits, root. you're saying? Like, like a tomato is yeah, a fruit? Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah in a way. Down. But it's like they a They don't have pits or, or seeds or anything. So. Yeah, no, that's what no, I was they have. Yes, they do. They, they have spores. Have spores. spores are the yeah. seeds. So, like, mm. um, when we're in Appalachia, that's where I got crazy about mushrooms. I would hike with this dog, uh, Lucy, sweet Lucy. She didn't care about mushrooms. I did. And so my photos are terrible. But I saw so many mushrooms and it just, I was like enthralled. Maybe. And we watched this Netflix thing about fantastic fungi. I think it's. Oh, called. yeah, I saw that. And oh, my God. And you realize that trees mm-hmm. and mushrooms have been hibernating, living together for centuries. And mil- mm-hmm. they're old. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms are older than dinosaurs. And they have these networks. They're going to save the world. They are. They are going to save the world <laughs> medicinally and, and edibly for our food. And they're looking at lion's mane really being good, like getting rid of coffee, plastic. which they do. They, it, ooh, I get in, I'm don't, we'll do a whole show on this. We're going to have to do a mushroom show. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to go back to Melissa's produce does these dried mushrooms, uh, mm, porcinis, shiitakes, uh, morels, Oysters. and, um, uh, oysters, yeah. So anyway, you're supposed to rehydrate these mushrooms for half an hour and whatever. But mm. because this was a slow cooker with wine, she just threw them in there. Nancy, so did good. that not bring earthy goodness to that short? Oh, it was so good. It, it was. It really it, was. It just made the sauce. And so mm-hmm. when you're doing your ribs, like when you're talking about that, I'm just in that sauce. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say those mushrooms may go really well. Well, mm-hmm. now. Diane. It's funny because uh, I we uh, we do uh, have a bit of a mushroom tradition, 
for Christmas morning. I so knew we you have, stuckies were full of shrimps. Yeah, we are, my friend. Uh, we're full, mm-hmm. we're full of something. Uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> so I mean, uh, and my wife makes this amazing egg bake, uh, she does with Tennessee pride sausage and, uh, shredded sausage. cheese and yeah, back to sauce. It's all back to sausage. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she puts, she does, she does very, she, she uses a lot of mushrooms in it. It's, it's really delicious. Ooh. I mean, it's really great. But I was going to go to Glenn and say, uh, uh, what, what, Glenn, what is your traditional Christmas fair? The thing that you have to have to make it feel like Christmas where you are? Well, in our family, it has to be bread sauce to go with the turkey. And it is my mother-in-law's bread sauce. And if you don't know what bread sauce is, you have an onion and you boil it in a load of milk until it's soft. And then you chop it up in lots and lots of little bits. And then you add lots and lots of fresh breadcrumbs, proper breadcrumbs, until they soak up all the milk. And then you add about half a pound of butter and some salt. Oh, wow. Sounds amazing. And it is to die for. And if we don't have bread sauce, it isn't Christmas. And you put gravy on top of that from the turkey? Well, you you have the bread sauce on the side as well as the gravy. But the bread sauce. the Oh, yeah. Bread sauce and gravy. Yes. Bread sauce is what makes Mm. Christmas dinner special. I don't remember turkey. In England or South Africa, ever being part of, mm. I don't remember eating turkey ever till we got to this country. Ever, oh, yeah. turkey was turkey was um, not all that easy or fun to get in South Africa. In England, yeah, I just we, don't remember it either. I remember hot. We pots. either we either had when I was younger, we either had the turkey or we had a really big cockerel. So we, mm. you know, we, or what do you, do you call them? roosters? No, we didn't have geese. I've never, I've never eaten goose. They're uh-huh. far too expensive and far too fatty. Yeah, in Hungary they have goose. Yeah, but really? they're, they're, that's all fat. So it's, we just had about a hundred, over a hundred of them fly over us yesterday. I know. I don't think I. And could we didn't get one. pooped on. I thought we were going to get pooped on. <laughs> are you? Are you <laughs> here's my question: Are you excited or saddened by that? I can't tell. About the cat, about they lucky to get pooped on by a goose. I don't want yeah. to be pooped on. I asked them not to, and they didn't. And our friend on the phone is a birder. He's a bird watcher, and I'm like, listen, listen, can you hear him? Can you hear him? And and she's no. part deaf, but she could actually hear him come over on my phone, like hear them going. I mean, they were just one batch after the. I mean, it, I'm not exaggerating, Nancy. It is definitely no, they're migrating somewhere. They, yeah, sure the cat, where, but they're not Canadian geese, Canada geese, right? And um, they're going over, but not one. I said, don't you poop on me because, you know, I'm looking up and, you know, I'm talking. My <laughs> mouth is fun. open. I'm like, don't, what oh, are the odds God. for me are there, but it didn't happen. So I'm, I'm happy, Joey. I, okay, I, there was one I get that pooped on a lot. Circling. So, wow. So I, I think there I was to, one. I have to say, I forgot to. something about the Christmas meal that, because I, my, my daughter-in-law is Italian. So, her mother makes a Christmas seafood and, and pasta meal, but I can't eat seafood. But I make oh. a big lasagna also for Christmas Day because of the Italian side. And nice. It's mm. my, my son lives in an area where they have like real Italian pork stores and pasta. They make homemade pasta. So I take the homemade lasagna. There are these big sheets of lasagna, not not the store-bought noodles, but the, the big sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, you know, we were, I, I, one of the reasons I forswore the diet while I was, uh, uh, in, in, you know, Europe just back in November is we were in Milan and then in Venice and Italy. And, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to get some real coffee. <laughs> oh boy, here and, we go. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get some mm-hmm. real, some great, uh, sweet pastries. And then, uh, I'm going to get some great pasta. And we did. And, and we lucked out because, uh, at the conference that I was speaking at, um, one of my good friends is actually from Milan. So, uh, he was there and, uh, he actually took us to dinner. So, okay, tell us where to go to get the real non-touristy nonsense, where to get the real deal. And he was able to, not only did he take us to a great restaurant, but he actually ordered, I said, you order for us. You just get what you think is good and we'll just share it around the table. We did. And so, and then, and then of course the, he, I said, also now, we're not going to have you for the full week. So you got to tell us where to go the rest of the time we're here. And, and he did, but it was, it was so much fun to have some real lasagna and, and just, and uh, some really great pizzas, which are kind of different than the U S they're definitely different than, right. you know, U S U S mm-hmm. pizza. And and the other yeah. thing that was great was there was literally about a, about a, maybe a block, maybe not quite a block, about a block from our hotel. There was this wonderful bakery that opened every morning at 6 a.m. And uh, so every morning we'd walk down there and get a, mm. a real croissant and, you know, and some, and some good coffee and, mm. uh, and or, or something else. And, you know, everything was – I didn't realize this, but according to my friend that's from Milan, he said that the Italians do mainly sweet breakfast uh, pastries, not savory. Um, mm. And uh, so it was hard to find anything you – know, we, we couldn't really find anything savory, which is more what you're used to here in the States. But it was awesome. And then we walked we walked so much I felt like we didn't sin too badly. Um, by getting these croissants and coffee. And we did actually have a weird experience. I don't know if anybody else has had this, but, uh, I asked, I, it was really cold and, um, I asked for some hot chocolate and they, they had some and they give you like a really small cup of it uh, about the size of a, you know, small fist. And, uh, I thought, well, that's, that's not much, but you know, we'll drink it. It was so thick, man. It was so hard to drink. Like I, and it was so sweet. It was like a liquefied brownie. And I, Yum. I'm glad that it, I, I was delicious, but like, it was so sweet. I was like, I'm glad I didn't have any more because I could not have finished it. And I, I'm a professional eater. <laughs> but, but no, but that, but it, you know what? Mm. It is, Nancy, remember when we were in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we went to Krakawa, Krakow, uh, I can't remember the name of the chocolate place, and they made these chocolate elixirs that oh are like gosh. what the Mayans and the mm-hmm. um, Aztecs drank, and it, huh. it's not necessarily hot chocolate, and it was in a little cup like that. I, it was so, good. I basically thought I could do Rambo run up the steps of Pittsburgh. Wow. After drinking this, I That's disturbing. it was in the middle of summer and I just stood up and I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go. It was crazy because that was it's like a whole there's a thing about European drinking chocolate versus yeah. American uh, American waters down their chocolate. It, we, American a lot, chocolate a lot, is yeah. disgusting in compare. I'm sorry, American. Man, the, the chocolate, but, the chocolate, chocolate in is so good. I don't want to. I don't want to knock out the the small mom and pop chocolatiers. No, no, but 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 by and uh, large, the bulk chocolate right. we get is yeah. The yeah, chocolate we get here at, in bulk is not good. Uh, yes, well, no. and you don't know it's not good till you taste the European stuff, and you're like, oh my god. Uh, I no. think we put we take out chocolate and we put in more sugar over here. Yeah, yeah, and, and not put sugar. Yeah, it's, it's watered a, down. Yeah, no, and, it's and just me, not. No, it's Lisa, Nancy. Sad. You guys, you guys travel so much. Is it hard for you to have a traditional Christmas uh, dinner? We have. Do a we pickle? have a tradition. 
No, we, we have, have a pickle. A pickle. Yes. We have, we went to, a, well, no, we have Christmas light. We went, okay, so I think we got the most festive. That's weird. In Natchitoches, Louisiana, recently, we were at their, their lighting of their 97th Christmas Festival of Lights that goes into nice. Epiphany, uh, January mm-hmm. 6th. I think that's Epiphany. And um, we've talked about it for years with Arlene from Natchitoches uh, Convention and Visitor Bureau. And we went to that. And, you know, we have, you know, with COVID and all of that, no no one kind of hung out, you know. And right. Nancy, we haven't been to a holiday event in a gazillion a years. A time. And, yeah, that was festive, and they had fireworks over the water, and it was um, beautiful. Then where, where was Natchitoches, Louisiana? Natchitoches, okay. Louisiana. Okay. It's the oldest settlement. It's in Northwest Louisiana, oldest huh. settlement in this in the Louisiana mm. Purchase. And we um, went the second weekend, and they did drone lights. And Joey, you wouldn't enjoy this, but it's still a festive atmosphere. And they had live music. You would enjoy that. Yeah. But these drones were doing things of lights and spelling out the name Natchitoches and Merry Christmas in the sky. That is amazing. Instead of fireworks, which we are not huge on fireworks because the animals, really, it hurts them. They don't know what's going on. And veterans from war duck. And at one point, I almost ducked Um, just because it's it's so loud and, and we know animals bail from their homes, get lost and... Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So we're not a huge, huh. you know, but it, at least it's in one centralized place and the people living around that centralized downtown location know this happens. And if you have animals, sedate them maybe or, you know, that kind of thing versus everybody blowing up things in their backyard on the 4th of July, which yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. doing it. But animals do. I mean, anyway, they do. So we're not a huge thing. But we we now on the road, Nancy, what we have our champagne and our pizza and nancy makes omelets and we have oh, croissants. Nice. we always have mm. to have a croissant okay yes Interesting. there's a thing about omelets. croissants yeah and bacon or sausage and mm. um let's just say sausage since we've been sausage but we have here. we have a christmas yeah. um <laughs> ornament that we got from gladewater texas and it's a german tradition that if you find the pickle ornament you get the extra present that's right yeah. So we mm-hmm. sell, we just, you know, sit down with our breakfast and we all have the pickle and look at each other and go, we got the pickle. And so we both <laughs> say, we got a, we got a second chance at life. So you know, we got the pickle. Gonna... Sounds like maybe it could be a great funk tune that maybe I should write. We got, the pickle, we got the pickle and the sausage. Yeah. 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 That'd be fun. And, uh, well, so, you know, it's funny because, because, um, uh, I was running around Milan saying I got the cocoa because, uh, when you said I got the pickle, it made me think of that because, uh, this this blonde uh, barista said, "I put cocoa in your coffee. You're gonna love it." Okay, and uh, and so the rest of the day, everybody's asking, "Hey, do you have the cocoa?" I go, "Yes, I have the cocoa." Uh, so there mm. you go. I our tradition we we try not to be on the road during Christmas. Um, the 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 thing that really makes it Christmas here is twofold. Um, the cranberry relish is really important to us, um, and it's one of the mm. few things that I help make. <laughs> So, because oh, there's not much danger in it. Um, do you squeeze the cranberries? I, I do. I really do. That is very true. Uh, I, I smash them by hand, and uh, that's that is not any kind of euphemism or exaggeration. And and the other thing is, my wife's dressing is is absolutely amazing, and and it comes down to two main ingredients: uh, uh, sage and onions, and all the things that you expect to find mm. in dressing. But but her two things that she does, I think, better than anybody that I've ever met. 
her cornbread is just extra special. Um, it's not sweet cornbread. It's, you know, it's, it's savory cornbread. Um, but I don't know what she does to make it so good, but it's, it's the best I've ever had. And here in the South, we're all about cornbread. And then the other mm. thing is she actually puts diced up oysters in her dressing. And uh, it sounds ridiculous, but the thing is it doesn't make it taste fishy or anything like that. And, and you really can't, you don't, it, there's no oyster flavor that you can perceive. Um, but so it just does something special to the dressing. I don't know why, uh, but it's, anyway, so those are the two big things for, for us. Yeah. I want to ask Lynn, when you have the turkey, do you have cranberry there or do you have some other, do you any, have any fruit with your meal with turkey? Yeah. Um, my wife actually made some cranberry sauce or cranberry jelly, um, earlier in the year to have for Christmas. I think she probably put a little bit of brandy or something in with it as well. There you go. <laughs> There it is. So it's, it's, not, not, it's not a party unless you're seeing double, right? I mean, yeah, but no, Glenn, you've got to have yeah. cheese scones too, right? Still on Christmas? Well, I've, I fill up with sausage rolls in, at Christmas time. Yeah, boy. Ah, well, I want to say, you know, we're talking about the holidays and, and Joey, Nancy used to make corned beef, a roast corned beef because she mm. loves Reuben sandwiches so much. Oh, me that too. She, this mm, is her way of making best. sure she gets a Reuben after right. any holiday. And so like she it. would roast a corned beef with cloves. Mm. You used to do cloves and all kinds of things. And mustard, right, Nancy? And brandy. Oh, yeah, she'd brandy. cover that later. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nancy made a I happy, happy corned beef. My grandmother that came from Hull in England, and she oh, yeah. cooks cooked with brandy no matter what she made. <laughs> Glenn, is that normal? Or is it just our family it's soaked? Um brandy is brandy's always been quite a popular spirit in England because if you think about it, where we are on the especially Hull, um Hull oh. is north on the east side. And if you think about it, that is quite close by sea to northern France and Holland. Um, mm-hmm. So we used to get a lot of smugglers bringing in the brandy and the yeah. gin. You know, um, our family's involved. Well, exactly. the The Norfolk coast, especially, was a a haven for smugglers, especially in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, the, Glenn, the, I spy another podcast. Oh, well, there you <laughs> go. I know Smuggler's we do. Smart. We need to do that. Well, Glenn, how close are you to Hull? To Hull. Um, I suppose we are about four or five hours away. Oh, that's nothing. Oh. Wow. Oh, you well, never nowhere, know. Nowhere is far in England, is no, it? No, that's why I said how yeah, close are true. you. Yeah, yeah, but mm. that's that's amazing. It's amazing, like, when you think of ancestry. I was just reading a thing about people with blue eyes, which mm. I have blue eyes, going to gray, that we have one common ancestor, so we're all inbred. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means because they said that it goes down to the Danes at some point that, you know, so well, that's on the weird. East Coast. You're on the East Coast in Hull mm-hmm. and we're on the East Coast. So we had a lot of Vikings and, you mm-hmm. know, Danish, you know, we mm-hmm. had all those people coming across. And also in East Anglia, we had a lot of people over from Holland and Northern Germany mm-hmm. as well, because it's only just across the water and it's easier to cross water than it is to cross land. So if you're going, if you're going anywhere, you'd, you'd use the water if you could, you know, so to go from Norfolk to Holland was a very simple journey. But Nancy, to go, 
to go from Norfolk to London was not an easy journey because no wonder I can speak Afrikaans. Exactly. You know, that's weird. Now, Diane, hmm. go ahead. Sorry, Hmm. Nancy, go ahead. I was just going to ask Lynn, my grandmother had this Christmas tradition. I don't know if it's just her or if it's British, but she used to hide a toy. This is going to sound bad, but a toy baby. No, a baby, like a plastic toy baby. In in the Christmas pudding cake thing, huh. and I mean, isn't that, that was what they through... do in New Orleans and King? Yeah, the King cake. Yeah. Now, what what we used to do is we would, when we were making the Christmas puddings, we would mm. put in a silver sixpence or a silver oh, threepence. Oh, and gosh. the people, and whenever you're eating it, obviously, if you got the silver sixpence, you got the silver sixpence. That was a lot of money, you know. So. We would put in a silver six. You couldn't put a plastic doll in a Christmas pudding because it would melt. Mm-hmm. You could put a china one in. Well, so she that's did probably what she would have done. Not that she wouldn't have had a plastic doll. She would have had a china doll. China doll. And you could okay. have a little tiny china doll that you could put in the well, Christmas pudding. Because it was just a little naked baby. Yeah, why no, not? Naked, it's naked. Good, if you're good in Joey's neck of the woods, it's naked, right, Joey? Yeah, and it naked, was in, supposed... naked in Hungar- Hungarian means uh, for you. Naked. Oh, yeah, it it was huh. for the new year, like hmm. the fresh beginning and all well, that. Go. That's what she, that's what she used wow. to say. That must Maybe. have been. It's probably mm-hmm. something from Hull, and that's definitely not done in Norfolk. We used to put sixpences in ours. Mm. Yeah. How many teeth did you break doing that? I know, right? But the China doll is like, and now I, I immediately went to David Bowie, and then I had to remember that was not the lyric. Um, but it's, it's weird. It's weird. Like now I think about that. But I want to go, Diane. Uh, are you? Do you have roots in Hungary? I know I've asked you this before, but like, what are your family roots? I want to ask Joey too. Like in regards to your cultural makeup, who are you, um, Diane? My, who am I? <laughs> My, in fact, I'm surrounded right now. I have my grandmother's portrait and and the family portrait, um, the Christophs, and they came from the north um, east of Hungary when, when it was, you know, the the old Hungary. They call it Trianon when, when after World War One they took so much um, land from Hungary. But my great grandmother was born in what's now Slovakia, Kosic. Slovakia and um my grandmother's sister was born in Ungvar or or they lived in Ungvar which is now Ukraine um a Hungarian wow. area in Ukraine but um I had at one point been importing Hungarian wine and I named it after my um my my label was Christoph wines um after my um great grandfather and great grandmother because my great grandfather worked Apparently his his parents were noble and his mother died and his father remarried a woman that he didn't like. So he went to live with another group. And I'm still trying to be sure who it was because my grandmother says it was the um the Hussars. It was either the Hussars or the Esterhazis. And um he took care of the horses and he also helped with the wine and she said one time he had some jelly wine that came out of the barrel. And he, she says he was asleep for three days. I mean, my grandmother wasn't even born, but I guess this was the family story. He was asleep for three days before after tasting Funny. that jellied <laughs> wine. 
So that that must be my my heritage is hung, hungry wine and you know whatever. That, Are you related to Chris Christopherson? I had to ask that for Nancy. Chris Christopherson? I'm no, I don't think so. I don't know. So my grandmother on my dad's side came from Hungary, uh-huh. and she she never spoke any English, so we didn't talk a lot because <laughs> nobody understood her. But she just, man, she would get in the kitchen and there would come one pie after another. Oh, they love to cook and clean. Yeah. Oh, yes. is the housewife. Mm -hmm. No, she made Nancy and her brother clean the courtyard with a toothbrush. Yeah. I I, I didn't get that gene. (laughs) Oh, man. I got the cooking gene, though. Nancy got the gene of passing it down to her daughter. Um, (laughs) Yeah, your toothbrush. Giving you yeah. the toothbrush to clean the, the yard. No, no, just like, hey, I've done my part. You go clean now. You're the cleaner um, of things. I've done I mine. And she, and I, you've cleaned the courtyard with, you know, like oh. a brick courtyard with a toothbrush. I yeah. think you're allowed to pass it there, down. That's okay. You know. When I stay in Hungary, my first day was I was with my friend Yuri, and he said, um, and he he left me there to figure things out, and I, I called myself. I had a blog, and it was the domestic diva of Dunakesi, which is north of Budapest. And then the other um, friend, Janos, I stayed at his house and was taking care of his dog, but his dog was having accidents all over the house. And I went out for the day and he came back and he's like, you have to clean my house the same way you clean your house. And I'm thinking, you don't want that. <laughs> <Just> I don't <laughs> even know that. <laughs> so I and just said, if you want me to clean every day, I will do that. But that's not the way I clean my house. So I'm sorry if the dog made a mess. Oh boy, here we go. This is day. Oh. Hey. So Joey, what is your family history in regards to where where do you come from? But the well, name Stucky, I'm thinking almost German. Yeah, that's uh that is a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, uh German and apparently uh Scott Irish. So um that's ah. that's what that's what I've been told over the years. Uh I do not have empirical data to back that up. Um and I really should do that 23 and me or something and find out the details. But, uh, that's what has always been told to me by actually, interestingly, both sides of my, from my mom's side and my dad's side. Um, mm-hmm. so they have very similar, um, very similar heritage. Although my mom is from, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee and her family was mm-hmm. all from that area. And my dad is from a, a little town, um, uh, here in, uh, Georgia called Ryan, Georgia or Ryan. Georgia, they, they, they say Ryan here, but actually it's Ryan, like the river. Um, and, uh, so, uh, which, you know, is, has a German, uh, uh, name. So who mm-hmm. knows? But yeah, that's, that's, that's my understanding. Interestingly, my wife, um, did the 23andMe thing a couple of years ago because she's adopted and she oh, did wow. not have, she, she did not have her family. She had no family medical history. And, um, so she was looking into, her origins, uh, partly for, uh, you know, uh, any kind of like, uh, you know, genes and things that, that might indicate, uh, different, uh, health risks or whatever. Uh, and then partly for, you know, curiosity about where she's from. And she always felt like, and I think she felt this way because she's adopted. She always just assumed she'd be a, a, a real smattering of this, that, and the other. And, uh, it turns out that her entire DNA strand is is uh is english is 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 from mm-hmm. from that area 
And I thought, well, you, you, you lucky so and so, because I, I would love to have that. Uh, <laughs> I would love to have that. that Glenn, but Glenn, isn't that part of? It's hard for those who are adopted to really trace their roots back. Do you have you ever helped someone in their family history try to go, go back if they've been adopted and done something like Jennifer, uh, you know, Joey's yes. wife? Yeah, I mean, if you have your DNA done and you register it on enough sites you will find connections and then using them connections you can actually find who you who you originate from you know not necessarily you know exactly but you can find out areas you can find families um but obviously if you end up connected to you know a family it's always very difficult to know which actual member of that family is your direct ancestor because the same thing has actually happened to me um quite recently although all of my ancestors that i've found up to date um lived within 50 miles of where i live today um it weren't until i had my dna done that i found out that my granddad's dad was not my great grandmother's husband so my oh, granddad's my granddad's dad was not actually who he always thought it was because wow. i've got absolutely no connections on that side of the family so <laughs> what i have discovered is that my great grandfather was a, one of two brothers who lived in the same area as my great grandmother hmm. um so i can narrow it down to two brothers but I can't narrow it down to which one in particular because there wow, is hello. there is no way to do that. But the well, interesting that's wild. thing, that yes, is it is crazy. wild, especially yeah. when you consider that I've got forty years of research that actually is nothing to do with me because <laughs> oh wow, I've been researching oh. since since nineteen seventy seven, and I only discovered a couple of years ago that my great granddad isn't my great granddad. Yeah, and they didn't expect you to find out, did they? <laughs> no. My granddad didn't know. My dad didn't know. Because oh. I said I said to my dad, you know, didn't didn't you know? Didn't dad didn't didn't your dad know? And he said, No, I've never ever heard that before. Because his parents, his parents in inverted commas, had been married for five years when he came along. So there was no thought that oh. his dad wasn't his dad. But obviously, well I say obviously my great grandparents lived in a very rough area of Kings Lynn and they were very, very poor. So the person who I know is one of the two brothers, um, he was a fisherman. So probably my great grandmother couldn't pay the bills one week. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, Joey, it sounds like you need to write a new song. <laughs> <laughs> I always know. It's crazy, you know, when you start looking back, like I found my family in the Museum of the Occult in San Francisco, a whole display on the Holroyd oh family gosh. from England. Mm. And and I'm like, no way. And now, what was the what was the exhibit? It was about witches. <laughs> witches. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I knew and you were, knew you were a witchy that, woman. Yeah, yeah no, from the, from, from the Isle of Man. And Glenn is going to get mad yeah. at us. As we've talked about this before, and he's like, "You need okay, Glenn. New Year promise. We're gonna do our DNA thing. There's no oh, excuse. Ouch. No, Nancy, we don't have to do any injections. No, no you just swab just, your mouth. 
It, it's all it is. Oh, okay. It's okay. Spit tooth. It. Yeah. yeah. It's either that or you just scratch the inside of your cheek. Simple yeah, get, as that. Okay. Get, get your get stuff out your cheek. Yeah. But yeah, if, yeah, I mean, this, we have, um, Isle of Man, witches burn at the stake for talking to animals. Yeah. Go figure. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. And, and we were written mm. about in the National Geographic years ago, and I'm still trying to find the article, yeah. but my grandmother, I mean, even when I knew her when she was alive, had the article and dang it. If I knew yeah, Glenn years ago, I would have snatched that thing and made copies, but I didn't, you know, I was young and dumb. And, and so I, which, I, I want which to bring family that up was a, this? The Holroyds. Holroyd. Holroyd. Okay. And yeah. now apparently our castle is an apartment complex. But I know. I really, but as a flats, kid, but I always thought I'm going to go claim my castle one day. Glenn, and I'm going to have think, my castle, but now it's an apartment building. But Glenn, I hey, really want to bring this up. About yeah. right now, it's the holiday season. People are gathering for Christmas, for New Year's during that week. And during that week, sometimes we have that time with family and you look at each other yes. and go like, I don't know if I can do this or what the hell am I going to talk about? I haven't, I don't know you. And I'm being real because you know that's real. Um, yeah. this would be the time. Don't be stupid like me and not make a copy of that article from National Geographic. Yes. This, this is so, so important that we are normally we're together as, as families, extended families. And now is the time to talk to your older red relations because, you know, they go. You know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I knew three of my grandparents. Uh, I only lost my dad last year and he was 88 and he wrote down so many of his memories and he, he was able to tell me so much. So now is the time to talk to your relations. And also, I mean, if, if you're thinking about D doing DNA, now is the time to get half a dozen of these little test kits and ask your eldest blood relatives to take a DNA test. Because oh. luckily I asked both my parents to do their DNA and I'm finding relations through their DNA that didn't show up in my DNA. Because obviously I've only got half of my dad's DNA and half of my mum's DNA. So therefore mm. they've got, a whole lot of DNA that I haven't got. So yeah. I'm getting relations showing up for my mum and dad that didn't show up for me because they're another generation further back. So if you've got a granddad still alive, get him to do his DNA for you and talk to him and talk to Why him. Why does it always have to be male, Glenn? Like it's always. No, no, no. Male. Talk to your granny. Um, DNA can be done with, with women as well. And, and it, it does work nearly as well um certain things don't show up as well with women but you know at the end of the day get dna because you will be amazed what it's all about and also talk to people and make notes or even just mm. tape, tape your conversation on the phone i was phone. gonna say yeah you've got a recorder in your pocket these days you yeah. can you can easily yeah, record right? and then mm. and then transcribe it later yeah yeah and and mm. and diane i've got to bring diane into this because that is what she does as a memoirist, right, Diane? Tell everybody. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. I'm like the family historian. No, Everybody's got it all wrong. So when I went to England in June, 
Um, I was talking, it was my cousin's cousins who, a cousin's children who live in England. So I was visiting them and they were giving all the wrong names and all the wrong facts. And I said, look, you know, I have all the stories, you know, I, I recorded my grandmother's, um, oral history. That was my master's project. And I did a, actually cool. a little book about her that, um, and my master's project was a video with her speaking and I had like all kinds of places I she lived in Ithaca and met my grandfather he went to Cornell so I had created a video of that and now I have this chapbook that the um, historical society is helping to provide photos for and I'm going to put that together but when I went to England I had these you know I don't know if you ever see it's a mixed book they call it and you can just put in photos. And I just kept taking photos of the photos that I have on hand that everybody just kind of like, here, you take it, you take it. And I have diaries and everything from my great aunt. I'm writing her story now. But um, I created a uh, a family. In, well, I have it, but you guys were not on we're not on screen. But it's it was a family like the Christophs and the Troutwines. And then, and then I showed, here's the Troutwine family. Here's the Christoph family. And there's one question I had, and I haven't figured that one out. Um, but um, I, and I showed like all this history and I put the story of my grandmother that she told. And then I put a story of the, the Troutwine family, my grandfather's side and how they had a business and everything. And my cousin's, my cousins and their kids were like really excited about it. And I sent it to my brothers and they haven't even read it. <laughs> They're like, funny. I don't have time for that. But, later, but everybody comes That's to their funny. time. So is part of your family in England, like from England? Because I know Gwyn um, is well, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, on my father's side, it's, it's his, his name was Hornbuckle, but my, um, but my cousin's um, daughter, um, married a guy from Cyprus and he had to leave the U.S. So he went to London. So she followed him. And then his son did a, an internship in London and loved it so much that he moved there. And he lives in York with, um, oh, he wow. got married in the Minster, the York Minster, which is wow. beautiful. He gave me a tour this summer. Wow. This family history is amazing. Crazy. Joey, what about yeah. your family? I mean, you have an incredible I mean, you've got the Stucky verse, right? You've got like really the the Stucky line um, is interesting in politics, in confections, roadside confections, and uh, mm -hmm. Stucky versus Bucky's, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which came first? Uh, I'm gonna have a feeling the Stuckies came first, right? Um, well, I mean, I I don't have the uh, answer to that, but I believe I. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not 100 certain, but I believe Stuckey's really did come first because, um, yeah. mm. uh, they, so interestingly, um, my parents, uh, who got married in 1959, um, wow. th they, uh, and my mom was like 17. I think my dad was 21. And, wow. um, they have a real interesting history. So, uh, on my mom's side, you have some Cherokee Indian, um, history. Mm. Uh, with her, uh, grandparents. And then, um, I, I never knew them. Uh, but, um, and, and, and her father was a Baptist minister. And so he ended up in this little small town, uh, as a preacher. And my dad's side of the family, the Stuckies, um, 
had a lot of land in in sort of middle. Well, I guess I guess it'd be South Georgia, but the Eastman area, McCray, Eastman, Ryan, yeah, uh, that whole that whole area. Beautiful. They had a lot of land down there, so they owned a farm. They had a, yeah. a pulpwood business. They had yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they owned a, a grocery store. Um, they owned uh, a, a butcher's shop. They had all this stuff, and they had like so they had farms and all this stuff. So my dad did a lot of those different jobs and you know he was you know a 12 year old kid driving you know trucks which was not legal but uh that's what it is so but on the the south you can get away with everything i mean yeah i mean they well i mean (laughs) if you were if you are in a farm family like that as soon as you're able to work you're working i mean that's Mm -hmm. just you know uh he comes from he had eight brothers and sisters um and so a large family and so um they owned a general store and all this stuff and then uh my cousin uh, who, who, uh, her, so uh, basically, um, uh, my cousin Stephanie is the, is the person responsible for reinvigorating and bringing back the Stucky stores and the Stucky candy. And they've actually, not only have they started the brand, uh, anew and, and, um, got it, what they call Stucky Expresses, which means there's small little aisles in a lot of gas stations and small, mom and pop uh grocery stores but they've they've brought back and, and are really helping to preserve and even bring new stucky stores uh, online back in the late 80s or early 90s uh they stuckies was sold to pet milk and then changed hands a couple times i think after that and the reason for it was that uh, my cousin's father, who was one of my dad's, you know, dear, dearest relatives, uh, was a congressman in Washington, D.C. and was up there for, I don't know, 20, 30 years uh, doing that. And uh, he just didn't really have the time to devote to the the, the, the Stucky Candy, you know, empire, if you will, um, because he was so busy in, in politics. It just wasn't, you know, they, they kept it for a long He's time. Stopping. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean. So, so anyway, so, so like I said, they sold it off. Uh, and my dad owned a couple stores when I was younger. Um, uh, and he also owned a couple of Bojangles, which is odd, but anyway, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, had, yeah. Had pretty, pretty good chicken and red beans. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, but, but, uh, what's interesting is the whole Stucky's candy store, if the family folklore is to be believed, uh, was, uh, during the, during the war, uh, World War Two. Um, things, things were rationed and, mm-hmm. uh, because they had a candy, they, they were making candy, they were able to get extra sugar. Uh, and my, uh, the, the, the lore is that, that they use that sugar for moonshine. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and so Our I don't family know, knows you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you don't know, you don't know how true these things are, but, but I do know that my dad. Um, had several relatives that bootlegged, you know, uh, liquor mm. during the war, during a prohibition, um, all that kind of stuff. So the, 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 the sort of comical, uh, story that, that's told in the family is that my dad was the bootlegger's son and my mom was the preacher's daughter and they eloped and got married. So there's a whole, that's, uh, wow. yeah, a whole, a whole story there. And, and yeah, so I mean, but, but I'm so proud of my, I, I won't say my cousin has done I mean, you know, she's she she was a state representative uh, for DeKalb County. Um, she was she's a lawyer, and she gave all those things up and wanted to bring back the the family business, and and she's done that. And what I'm really the most wow. proud of 
um, is that she has gone back to the original Stucky recipe. She has gone back to making the candy herself uh, at the at the fact at, like at a factory. They they were that worked at one time. They were farming it out to another candy company to make it, and it was a different recipe. So the old recipes are back. The quality is top notch. Um, and she's also introduced some Stucky's Pecan beer at select, uh, restaurants in Georgia. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. I don't know. Pecan beer sounds like a terrible idea to me, but hey, what do I know? Uh, so, hmm. um, you know, but, but she's done that and, 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 and the packaging is better. Uh, and they've even brought back the old chintzy Stucky souvenirs like the rubber alligator. And some of that stuff. So they've even brought that back. Everybody needs those kind of touristy little Mm -hmm. souvenirs. Come on. That's part of it. Glenn, come on. How many people have, like, you know, the London Tower or, like, the the phone box, the phone booth from, you know, England? You know, come on. Everybody, everybody's got a phone box and a letterbox, haven't they? You have to. You have to. Exactly. I I love how full circle this conversation has gone into family Food has been, you know, centric from, you know, sausage. It's always sausage day on Big Boy Radio to, to, to candy and chocolates to wine. I mean, moonshine, who knows? Uh, but, but I think mm-hmm. when the family yeah. history is really, it's interesting because there's always a connection with all of, when we listen to everyone's story today. Yeah. There's a and, connection and in think, some way to us, you know? I think that, that has all, all shown through with everybody who's been talking is the importance of family. And I think, you know, I know it's all a bit of an old cliche that, you know, Christmas, you all get together as a family and not everybody is lucky enough to have mm-hmm. family close by and not everybody's lucky enough to have a family. But, but you know, it's definitely the case. Yeah. But, but even if you don't have any family left, Christmas is definitely the time when we always think about family, you know. Yeah. And whenever we do get the chance to get together, how important it is to be with family, you know, to be with people who share your blood. And, you know, it is it is so important that actually what is more important than than the the love of of a family, you know, and we've all we've all talked about it. And 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 forgiveness needs to come in family, too. Because oh, yeah. we have to realize that family comes in different <laughs> generations. Oh, it does. And the generation we're in now may not be how things were done in the past. So, um, and it doesn't, doesn't mean people were evil. Um, it just sometimes understand that times are not there and then. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying it's to just, just say, I'm, I, I'm not very good at political correctness because no, um, life either. is not politically correct. No, but I mean, things I, I happened was... in the past that you sometimes we have to move forward, yes, and not stomp, you know. Um, and, and I think I think one of the most important things is when we do get together with our members of the family, especially with you know the older generation together with the really younger generation, they 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 all need to realize that that's a different world, you know. Even mm-hmm. even for me, you know. My my grandchildren are still very young, but they're growing up in a completely different world to what I grew mm-hmm. up in. God. And oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not that long ago. You know, yeah. I, I think I was telling you the other week, Lisa, that I went to pick up my granddaughter from her primary school 
and she goes to a city centre primary school not far from here, and she has every ethnic group that you can ever imagine in in her class. I had one ethnic group in my class. In fact, 99% of the people were all from people who were born in the village. You know, so that is such a different thing. In that 60 years, the difference between what I grew up with, which was a very insular, very concentrated gene pool, so to speak, into now what my granddaughter is growing up in is a world full of people who actually come from all over the world, literally. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. My high school in South Africa, we were the last segregated Mm. high school or school experience in South Africa. And and I say experience not in that that's a yay. Um it it Mm. that was what it was. And and what people don't understand in South Africa, segregation was also segregation between the British and the Dutch. Dutch yeah, had exactly. to, and I don't know if I should even use the word segregation, but it was. We were split. Now, if you're in a private school, anybody with money could go in there, no matter what language they spoke, what color of their skin. Mm-hmm. But if you're in public school, which Nancy always insisted, you're getting in there. You know, not that we had the money anyway to go anywhere else, but you're, you're, you need to be in with the, the <laughs> real people kind of thing. And um, we had, here's your British white and then there's the Dutch white, and then you had the African, you had the Cape colors, you had, you know, the mix, and, and sorry, that's what they Indians. were. Indians. Yeah, they called Indians. You had all these, but mm-hmm. in the year after our high school, they opened it up, and no kidding, there were mm. issues. There were yeah. um, tribal wars. There was mm. unrest in the first year or so, yet everybody wanted it. Like, the for us kids, we didn't give a damn about who, what, and where. We didn't care. And, yeah. and, you know, unless you carried some chip on your shoulder from childhood, from parents giving you stuff you shouldn't yeah. have. And, um, have but I didn't experience that. And I watch now my high school friends with their kids, their kids' celebrations, their matriculation, their all these life, you know, life parties and just gatherings. They're multicolored multilingual mm-hmm. and yep. happy with smiles. And I'm like, it makes me South Africa is not the easiest country. It's complicated. And we'll, you can never, don't ever go into African politics on the entire oh, continent boy. unless you know what you're talking mm-hmm. about and have lived there. Don't, don't even bother talking to me about it until you've lived there. But though to see the happiness um, of kids that were my age, that I knew their parents at my age and grew up with them, um, I can't even tell you the joy and, and, and watching kids that are figuring out their gender and being able to do it. That didn't happen when I existed. They were beaten up. Um, exactly. I, and, and all colors, right? All races. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we've got a lot of drama in our world, but I do believe we're on the path to positivity and let's write it out with a positive beat and see, where we can meet and not where we can attack each other. Let's see where we can meet. Where can we align as we go forward into 2024? Because watching that from my high school days, I'm telling you, you are so happy when you see your best friends, kids, happy. Mm -hmm. Really. And, you know, it's funny, too, because uh, uh, 
oftentimes in the school system, you know, people with disabilities were segregated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, and, and you weren't, you just weren't understood. They thought you were from a different planet. Um, I had some issues of bullying as a, as a young child. Um, not, not, you know, three or four different things. I mean, um, but, uh, it, today, um, you are seeing, uh, you know, some of the stigma being lifted from, you know, being in a wheelchair or being blind or whatever. Um, I am a bit concerned. I think language is really important. Um, people can say, oh, it's just semantics, but I think, I think language is important because it tells me how you think it, when you use certain words. And, um, and so I'm a little concerned that some of my colleagues, uh, that are in the disability space, uh, and, and out there advocating for disability rights and privileges and, and, and things of that nature, which I'm certainly, uh, uh, you know, a fan of. But I'm a little concerned about some of the words that are being made taboo. Um, be, not because I don't think we should be sensitive to everyone's needs and to meet them where they are. And certainly everybody should be treated with dignity and respect. Uh, but because, um, mm-hmm. we talked about PC language. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that if you cannot clearly articulate your needs, it's very hard to be helped. And, and I'm a little concerned at some of the words that, that they're finding objectionable. I personally uh, feel like disabled is a, a good word because what it means is I am physically unable to do something. And mm-hmm. if I can't express to you what I need and tell you, look, I cannot accomplish this with my physical limitation, then it's real hard for me to expect you to be able to help me or assist me or make things accessible. So I personally like the word disabled. A lot of people don't. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people, that's that's taboo. But I, I really feel like I, I'm concerned about it for two reasons. As I said, I think articulation is important. Uh, and secondly, the other thing that I think is really we have so many amazing things happening in our world that are to the positive. But one thing that I think is, is not so positive is that people are, um, they're basically, let's put it this way. If you're looking to be offended, you will be. And, and I think that, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, so well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think if you come into a situation on the defensive, looking for someone to be disrespectful, then that's what you're going to find because mm-hmm. it, it really is important to realize that how people use words and take it in context. Uh, and I think Diane would agree with this. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a communication specialist that happens to make music, but my, uh, my undergrad degree was in communication and, you know, it, the classic communication model um, tells you, that it doesn't really matter what I mean. It only matters what you think I mean. And, and so that's why clear, unambiguous language is your best friend. So that's why I like the word disabled, because it says, I am unable to do something. Now, I'm not ashamed of that. I don't think you should be ashamed of it. I don't think you should be, uh, uh, you know, I don't think you should label yourself in terms of your disability, but I think you have to be able to recognize it. I mean, the fact is, how ludicrous would it be for me to walk around denying the fact that I can't see. That's nuts. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, yeah, that's, I think, 
I I personally find the most difficult thing is that this week I'm not allowed to say disabled and next week I'm I'm not allowed to say unabled and the week after that I've, I'm allowed to say disabled but I'm not allowed that's that is the it's problem. crazy it's crazy but one and, and, one and, week I can say something and the next week I'm not allowed to say it well you I'm, know as far as I, I'm I think, concerned that is what's ridiculous I, I agree mm. and I think we, I think mm. what we need to I think what we need to assume is that everyone is of good intent until proven otherwise. So yes. if some if somebody uses a word that you find objectionable, instead of railing and, and getting mad and throwing a fit, if you feel like you've been disrespected very calmly and, and, and kindly, you can say, you know, I realize that you meant this word in such a way, but it, it bothers me. I, I feel, I feel that that word doesn't, I don't like that word. You can tell me that in a kind way. And then I will do my absolute best to be respectful of your needs and remember that. But you should not, whether it's talking about disability or anything else, you should not have to walk on eggshells and worry about every single yeah. word that comes out of your mouth. Because you I are mean, who you it, are. It, it's yeah. true. Like, I, I, well, listen, you have that I have a sailor's mouth, and it's not that I'm rude. <laughs> I do. Well, I have a well, sailor's I mean, mouth I mean, because it's my way of being absolutely listen, I have a right very real. I and, have a very gallows sense of humor, and that comes from almost dying with, a bunch of times. <laughs> but it, so. it actually has to do with humor. It has to do yeah. with humor, and it has it's to do with say it. venting. And it's always exactly. I don't say how things. you say it. I don't tell well, like unless I'm telling someone exactly where to go. They're going to know when I'm telling them where to go. Well, that's the thing that I want to. This this is how yeah. I want to close the conversation. If the fact of the matter is, I'm intelligent enough to know when someone's being rude to me and when they're not. Exactly. And, you know, and, and so, so I don't, so I don't think, like I say, I think you should assume that everyone comes with a well-intentioned place unless they prove to you otherwise. And then what you do is you cut those people out of your life and move on. <laughs> this is a good way to spur off into New Year's, but I, I yeah. you did mention Diane on this and she is the PR teacher here. So yeah. the um, apparently we have to really behave ourselves in PR and I probably blew it down now that everybody knows. I have a big potty mouth, and listen, I learned it from my mother, and she's on the it's show. All the, it's the all same. Nancy's fault. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding, well, but... the thing the thing about about that is, you know, I I appreciate hearing that from Joey because you know, a lot of times I'm not even up on what's the latest way to say something, but when you're exactly. writing and you're writing on behalf of a company or you're writing on behalf of an employer or whatever you know, or even of yourself, and it's going out publicly to a broad array of people who see it as like, oh, you're not supposed to say that, and you're not supposed to say that, or or that's okay, or this is the way to say it, you know, um, it's really, you have to really be up on that when you're putting it in writing on behalf of a client or, mm. or an employer. Nancy reminds me too. Nancy has to check my emails, don't you, Nancy? And I yes. have to check yours. Yeah. Well, well the thing is, and... you know, it's on paper, it's on paper, and you can't change it. You but know, worrying but thing is, voice. sorry, the worrying thing is mm -hmm. that if there are so many words that we're not allowed to use, we're going to stop talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That was my point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the other thing is, too, that's why I prefer when it comes to business, I like everything in writing because people are crazy. <laughs> oh, sure. And they'll Absolutely. say, and they'll say to you, I didn't say that. Like, oh, yeah, you did. And here it is. And here's the date. Um, Nancy, you know, Nancy says that every time we have an issue with any kind of um, 
company that I say, well, let's just call them because we're tired of the chat. She goes, uh-uh. no, I no. want the chat. Right, Nancy? But Nancy yeah. wants the chat. When it comes chat to records. when it comes to disseminating a message um, that may have a bit of a minefield in terms of what is appropriate to say and what isn't, I actually prefer recording those as video because you can mm-hmm. get Ooh. subtext you can get mm-hmm. subtext out of the tone of voice and the facial expression as well. Exactly. And yeah, that's that can thing. that can totally change something's meaning. I mean but, I, but I have also, guys yeah. It's helpful to have somebody who's, you know, got you know, it's not even just a disability like I I had dated a, a, a Chinese guy for a while and you know, he would always say, this isn't, this is insulting. This is offensive to me or, you know, so I would ask other Chinese people, like, if I say this, are you offended? And they weren't offended. So it's, you know, it's helpful to have somebody say, you know, it's better for you to say it this way. Right. Absolutely. In, in a kind way, like not mm-hmm. assuming I'm trying to be offensive or that I'm ignorant. And, and yeah, I am ignorant of, of every single culture's or, you know, everything. Well, you can't, all you can't know it all. <laughs> no, I think we all mind. are. And I think that's okay to say I'm ignorant on this. Um, right. Like me and Potty Mouth, you don't, you rarely hear it on a show. You'll hear some select words. <laughs> Nancy once in a while sprouts off something fantastic. And then we all go, holy cow. Look, see, I said cow. Let's I think that. we should do a whole myself. show of nothing but expletives from Lisa to see how good she really is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm don't don't we, 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 don't ever don't ever. Uh, but Glenn, Glenn Glenn did his English. Um, in, we did England English language in America, England, Canada, and South Africa. And apparently, I said some things I wasn't supposed. Apparently, I've said a few things in Glenn's podcast that I wasn't. I can't supposed. say I'm not surprised. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't know. I didn't know knockers was a bad thing to say until like you guys told me. What was? What is it, Lisa? Knockers. Don't say knockers. knockers. I was talking about chestnuts and not like the knockers game. But yeah, I see. Glenn. Glenn is like no. Um, yeah, that's those are moves. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I didn't think of it, and I know better, but I didn't think of it um, that way. But I mean, we've had all. I mean, if you, ever, I'm, I'm going to link it in the podcast notes, everyone. That show with Glenn and Libra Vadani. About oh the English language words, because Glenn eventually was just like, I can't let my mother hear this podcast. So, you know, it's good. <laughs> I'm just going to say it was a good show. And we it need was. to do part two of it because I've got a whole bunch of other words now. And oh, um, as my memory comes back, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's oh, do it. Um, but it's always fun. And uh, as we all go, because we do have to go, we're always over time because we're naughty on the show. But yeah. we, I've, we've been good other than the word knockers. And I meant them in chestnut knockers, and that doesn't even sound even better. No, that doesn't really sound doesn't. good either. You're, you're just digging that, the hole further. And yeah. we talked about Sausage Day, just saying. But we anyway, oh, I'll, I'll wrap it up now because we all have to go. But uh, Glenn, holiday song for you. We're gonna, we've are gonna we got our music playlist, and, we've been, and it's going to go all the way to New Year's. What is a song for you that you want on the music playlist? You say, I know you all sent me some. What song do you want especially? I think the the one I I love most is the one by Jonah Louis, um, Don't Stop the Cavalry, or Stop the Cavalry, one or the other. Um, that's a fantastic song. The Cavalry in England at that time? Is it an English song? Jonah, Jonah Louis. 
Okay, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look yeah. it up because I don't what think What about I've you, Diane? That. You sent a few. You wanted the traditionals. There was um, one, the English one, I think, is Father Christmas, you know. Um, oh, the cakes. I believe in Father. Is that what it is? And then, oh, but the I cakes. also like Sleigh Ride because my, I yeah. used to carry my kids on my back and walk, jump around like a horse and to that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started crying one year and I said, oh, you're too big. I can't do it anymore. Oh, wow. Well, Nancy nice. chased me around the yard with a frying pan once. <laughs> Seems reasonable. I was, in, I was in trouble, but Joey, for you, I know we've got a whole list. You've got Tom Rule on there. You've got, we've been, your songs, you've got uh, Jingle Bells. Um, we've got a whole bunch of your songs on the playlist already. Yeah, tell I mean, everybody one song you want everyone to hear. You sure. know, as, as, a, as a blind guy who's a musician, I mean, music's a critical part of any celebration that I do. Uh, and and um, I am fond of so many. I think Sleigh Ride's an excellent choice, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with Glenn's choice, but I'm going to look it up when we get off. And um, I, know. I like, um, I really do like um, Oh Come All You Faithful. I think that's great. I think the wonderful, there's a wonderful song, um, Christmas Time Is Here from the Charlie Brown Christmas um that's that's one of my all-time favorites uh and then and then also um i i am a big fan of uh the nutcracker and uh my mom used to be one of the producers of the nutcracker when i was a child at the big theater in town when i lived in florida and uh so you know the 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 sugar plum fairy theme is a you can't go wrong Mm. with that you know that's that's a great so so, yeah i mean there's so many I, i could go on forever but i do love holiday music I think the Nutcracker Suite is one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. pieces of music. Like a hundred. It's beautiful. I don't, I don't care what. But also, you said Nutcracker. Speaking of language, but anyway, it goes back to conquering <laughs> with the chestnuts. But yeah. Nancy, you've you've got some favorites too. Yes, I like the Christmas Story. Um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That song. That's the Christmas song. The Christmas song. Yes. Right? And who wrote, who wrote that? Who knows who wrote it? I don't know who wrote it, but I, I think really was a singer when right? Dean Martin nope. sings it. The, the Christmas it? song, the Christmas song, was actually written by Mel Torme. Oh, um, that's but, right. That's right. But lots yeah. of people, lots of people have have redone mm. it. And mm, interestingly, yeah. he had to be his record label pushed him to write a Christmas song. He's like, I don't, I don't have you, you don't have a Christmas song, no, you a Christmas song. So that's 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 his. Uh, that's his, that's like, it was his first attempt at a Christmas song. And what a classic. Hmm. I love this. Wow. I, I love all yeah. these different songs, but I'm going to go with. with um, I know what you're doing. Can I guess? What? I think, oh. I think Lisa is doing Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, but I like it. I like what you're doing. And we're going to add that to the to the playlist. But I talked about this a couple of shows ago, and it's still my favorite holiday song. It's got nothing to do with Christmas, really, but it's 2,000 Miles by the Pretenders. Sorry, Chrissy Hine fan. And, um, yeah, 2,000 Miles. Because you've got to think about people. I don't know. I, you know, there's people that you love and care about, and they're not always around you. And, and I think as travelers, we feel that all the time. Absolutely. So that, makes 2, that makes sense. Miles away, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of been like that my entire life, you know. Um, and then you have the people immediately around you, and when they're immediately around you, suck it up, suck up that experience, <laughs> like suck it up, like suck it up in in that in enjoy being that Sounded present weird. moment. 
and enjoy. No, I, I meant it. Enjoy every second of it. Suck up that experience and put it into your memory box later. But um, really experience it. Oh. Don't be looking at your phone. Who gives a damn about oh, your phone? phone Absolutely. The holidays. Absolutely. When you're with your loved ones, I don't care if it's the holidays or not. When you have those moments, do it. Be Absolutely. 100% yeah. present. 100%. Thank you all for joining us here on Big Blend Weekly Podcast. We're going to close the show out with some Hollywood history from Steve Schneikert. So enjoy that. Thank you, everyone. JoeyStuckey.com. Keep up with Joey there. Keep up with Diane at GettingHungary.com. And want to look into what's happening in the new year, go to HungarianAquarian.com. And also keep up with Glenn at Norfolk-Tours.co.uk. Thank you, Glenn. We'll be chatting with you soon. Indeed, yeah. Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Glenn. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. Always a pleasure, you guys. Yeah, thank you, Lisa and Nancy. Happy holidays, everybody. It's so good to be in all these wonderful people's companies. So you guys have a blessed remainder of the year, and we'll see you next year. Yep. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Come. They told me, pum 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 pum, me and my drum. It is holiday time again. Before you snuggle up on the couch in front of the TV with a bowl of popcorn, a plate of cookies, and your mugs of hot chocolate, you first have to decide just what films to view. Truth be told, there have been many memorable holiday movies made in recent years, but the old classic ones continue to be real favorites for the young and old alike. It's a Wonderful Life, 1946. It seems to be everyone's favorite, and for good reason. In a world of conflict and cynicism, it is refreshing to see the nice guy, Jimmy Stewart, win in the end, and good Triumph over evil. 1942's The Man Who Came to Dinner, starring Monty Woolley and Betty Davis. Admiration to Ms. Davis for accepting a secondary role at the time, for she was one of the biggest movie stars in the world, already having won two Best Actress Oscars. A Christmas Girl, 1938. This is my favorite version of the Charles Dickens classic by far, starring Reginald Owen as Ebenezer Scrooge and produced by MGM. 1947's The Bishop's Wife, starring David Niven and Loretta Young as the bishop and his wife. Cary Grant plays the angel sent in answer to a prayer that has been offered by the bishop. You're out of the woods, you're out of the dark, you're out of the night. The Wizard of Oz, 1939. A wonderful holiday classic, watching Dorothy follow the yellow brick road, wearing her ruby reds, 
while trying to get to the Emerald City to meet the all and powerful wizard. Meet me in St. Louis, 1944. Judy Garland has kicked off those ruby reds to play Esther Smith. Vincent Minnelli's superb direction takes us to the beginning of the 20th century when electricity and long-distance phone calls were still marvels to behold. 1947's Miracle on 34th Street, starring Edmund Gwynn and Natalie Wood. Do you believe in Santa? Other wonderful film classics include 1942's Holiday Inn, 1944's Going My Way, and 1954's White Christmas, all three films starring Bing Crosby. 1937's Heidi, starring Shirley Temple, 1951's The Lemon Drop Kid, starring Bob Hope, and 1934's Babes in Toyland, a.k.a. March of the Wooden Soldiers, a true Christmas classic starring Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas to all. I'm Steve Schneikert, and this is Hollywood History as I recall it. Thanks for listening to Big Blend Radio's Big Weekly Blend Podcast. You can keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com. And if you want to get our Big Weekly Blend magazine, just sign up for our newsletter at BlendRadioNTV.com. <laughs>